Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. And shout out for this being a short week. But for most of us, short weeks are seemingly long weeks. Welcome to this podcast. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, I hope that you found some, find some value by listening to the podcast. On this podcast, I will talk about things like mental health, self-care, ways that we can improve ourselves, and everything else in between. We also will talk about things that are happening on these internet streets, and anything that I feel like just needs to be discussed and brought and highlighted. With that being said, today does not need a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about manifestation and all of the things that come along with that. We do have a guest today and I will get to that in a moment. But it has been a short week. Labor Day came. We celebrated for those who celebrated um, and did whatever it is that you found valuable because we should have been resting or at least having some type of family fun. I, on the other hand, was sick. I went to Hershey Park on the beginning of the weekend, and by the time I returned, I got so dramatically sick that I was in bed for two to three days. It was a mess. A lot of people may not even have noticed just because with my social media, things are planned out kind of early. And for those who don't know, I'm not only a podcaster, but a content creator um, of lifestyle and wellness. And if you need to follow me, or I would love to say you should follow me, you can follow me at Toy Time, T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G. You can find me on Toy Time blog on most social media, on mostly all the social media sites. But I say that to say a lot of people might not have been aware of the sickness that I had had for the couple of days. I mean, it was really bad. I couldn't get out of the bed. I was in so much pain almost everywhere. I tested. It was not COVID. Thank you, Jesus. But whatever it was, it seemed very debilitating, debilitating and it was a lot. So, um, And a lot of people don't understand, too, because my social medias are set up the way that they are, Yes, I will look productive even when I'm not. However, the issue is, is that I still ended up being behind because especially when it came to things like writing and writing assignments and things that I had missed, it was a crazy, I've missed some assignments. I gained some assignments. Um, so I wasn't, it wasn't my best shining week, but we got through it. And for everybody who had a long week, like I did, you're not alone. Um, For my family, we have finally, finally gotten back to the back to school. Praise the Lord. Listen, I know if you've been listening to these last few episodes, it's all been about prep, but we finally are here just like most parents that are um, sending their kids back to school. My kids finally went back on Wednesday after Labor Day. And yeah, you know, it's been a a lot to get used to. I can't even say that we're not even sure how our real week is going to go. Because we haven't had a full week. So we'll see how next week shapes up because we're going to be adding in um, my oldest who started high school today and just see how that goes because, you know, you have to add in all these different things and see how pickup is going to be and drop offs are going to be. And so we're still working it out like most people still trying to figure it all out and we will get there because we don't have a choice. So when you don't have a choice, you figure out what needs to happen real quick. So shout out to all the children that are going back to school, parents who are going back to school, shout out to parents who are going back to school or just adults. You don't even have to be a parent, just an adult that's going back to school that you have decided to further your education. You see the value in adding some education. I don't care if it's nursing school, dental school. I mean, I don't know if, uh, if it's garbage school, whatever school you're going to. And you are furthering your education, getting some more training, getting some certificates, whatever it is. 
God bless you because it's not easy going back to school as an adult. I can surely let you know. So um, shout out to all you adults that are just handling your business and trying to be better for yourself. For those who care about national holidays, like I do, today is Stand Up to Cancer Day, it's Pardon Day, it's World Literacy Day, it's National David Day, so if your name is David, shout out to you. It's Actors Day, it's International Literacy Day, National 401k Day, so all those who do not have a 401k, if you are an adult and who don't know the acronyms of 401 and what that may mean for your future, and you don't know what that means, and you're an adult, I need you to go seek one. You need a 401k, right? You, you do. I, I, I don't understand. Um, today is also National Dog Walker Appreciation Day, National Iguana Awareness Day. I am not a fan of iguanas, but God bless those who are. National Pediatric, Pediatric, Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses Day. So all those nurses, we salute you. Our Lady of Merkstel Day. And Star Trek Day. Star Trek Day, guys. For those who love Star Trek and World Physical Therapy Day. That is a lot for today. That is a lot going on. But that is the day that we are celebrating. Those are the days. Now, a little known fact. When I was in my 20s, I was very negative and didn't even realize it. You know how you just get in your space and you just tell everybody that's around you, anybody that'll listen to you, that this is just the way I am, take it or leave it. Um, if you've ever had to tell somebody this is just the way I am, chances are you are rubbing the people around you the wrong way. When you encounter strangers and they encounter you, you are coming off extremely abrasive, which means that... One, it could be just a part of your quote-unquote personality, which is probably what you're telling people. It's a part of my personality. It's the way that I am. Um, anytime you have to defend your behavior, anytime you have to defend your demeanor, it may possibly mean, mean that you need a check. Now, I know that's going to step on a couple of toes because you have literally, this has been your claim to fame that this is the way that I am. I am like this. I don't know what to tell you. You could either like it. My, I only have a few friends and all these other things. But one thing my therapist was clear on is that when you have to defend your demeanor and you have to defend your behavior, when you have to let the world know that, you know, this is who you're going to be because this is the choices that you have made, you probably have made some bad choices along the way no one should have to defend their behavior when you haven't even spoken to someone um i do get that some people have what's called the resting uh bitch face which means that your face just always looks like you're unwanting and all these different things but when you do put that together and you begin to open your mouth and you begin to talk to people and people have a disdain if you cannot make friends in most circles that you're in um Something is wrong. Something is off. You need to have a viral conversation with yourself, not with someone else, because there's no one else that can tap in to help you with that. This is a personal journey. This this is something you need to seek and figure out what's going on, because it's one thing to not have people that are going to be your besties. Like You cannot make best friends in every circle that you're in. But you should be able to be friendly and have friends who will want to be entreated to you in most circles. This is something that should be. So if you're struggling with the, this is just how I am and this is your claim to fame and this is the excuse that you give, I'm here as a living witness that there is a change that needs to come, right? Because there's somewhere in your spirit where there's lacking and you usually will find it in your social settings where people are trying to tell you, the atmosphere is telling you, the world is telling you the same messages, but sometimes we don't always want to receive it. I know that because I used to be someone, right? And I say that to say about the national holidays is that when I realized how negative I was, um, how draining my spirit was, how rude I was, how all the things, right? I found all this out, discovered myself. I went to therapy so I can yell about something that somebody else was doing and found myself in therapy. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Because sometimes we think we're supposed to go to therapy because somebody has bothered us. And it may be the start, it may be the trigger of why, but in along the way, regardless of the things that happen to us, there's still a responsibility for us to confront us. 
And so in the midst of me confronting myself, for those who were thinking about going to therapy and, the, and what are the benefits of it, I was able to turn that negative Nancy, that that picking spirit where everything is always off and you can't never be happy. You rarely smile. Um, you don't have nothing good to ever say. Something's always off. Something's always wrong. I was able to take that personality, that attitude, that chip on the shoulder and deal with me. And in the midst of dealing with myself, right? In the midst of me getting it together for me, in the midst of saying, I yield to the fact that I'm going to receive the messaging that I have been told for years just because I didn't like the messenger and I'm going to receive the message and see what I can do with it. The national holidays became a place for me to dwell and this is the reason why if you're negative all the time and you always see something bad in everything and you always got a disposition about yourself, the national holidays give you a reason to look and turn it around. And I'm going to tell you just how far I know that people who don't realize they're seeing themselves in the moment of their negativity. I used to post on my personal Facebook every day about certain national holidays, right? And it had to be almost the same person or persons because it wasn't just one that would always come in and say, well, I don't like that. I don't drink that. I don't indulge in that. That's not my thing because some national holidays are like National Coffee Day, National, you know, Juju Bean Day, National Peanut Butter Day, right? And it's always one or two or a group of people who come in every time I would post and they would have to say, blah, blah, blah. It got so bad that I started putting points on there to say, if this is not your day, today is not that day for you and your day shall come to prevent seeing the negativity that I knew I had been drowning myself around for years and I had gotten sick of seeing it. I got sick of hearing it. Like I don't subscribe to that. That's not my lifestyle, but the national holidays became a way for me to find something, one thing that I could celebrate. One thing that I could celebrate outside of, I just want to thank God for my children, my family, my husband, all that outside of that, Finding something that would become positive that I can say, oh, this is something that's cool or something that I may like. So that's how the national holidays for me, celebrating them came. I tell that story because so many of us struggle with this negativity and we just don't want to receive the reality that it's just not everybody else. Everybody ain't telling the same lie about you. And I had to receive that. People were telling me of things about me that I didn't want to receive because I didn't like the person. And I used to always say, that ain't me, that ain't me, that's just that. Mm. If everybody is telling the same story, then everybody ain't telling the same lie. My mother taught me that when I was a younger girl. She said, everybody ain't telling the same story. They may tell variations of the story, but if they're telling the same story, everybody ain't lying. That means you better receive whatever is going on because something is off. And so, again, when you do that self-check, when you do that self-preservation, when you have that hard conversation with yourself, because one thing I have learned in the process of this healing journey and therapy and just trying to live right is that sometimes, again, the journey isn't about the things that have happened. It's about the responses to what happened. See, sometimes you could become numb to life because of all the things that continuously happened over the years. And listen, 100%. You know, you have been placed in a situation, but you don't have to stay in a situation. Now, I say that from somebody who has done the work and continues to do the work to get out of those funky, sour places because they are debilitating. I used to know that I was doing and getting on people's nerves. I used to know that people didn't receive me well. And again, just continuously make the same mistake. This is just who I am. Listen, people don't want to hear that no more. In the year of 2023 of our Lord, nobody wants to hear that anymore. I promise you, they are tired of hearing about this is just who I am. You was over 30 years old. Folks don't want to hear that no more. Like in your 20s, you say that and people be just grinning at you. But really in the back of their mind, they really want to let you know that ain't that ain't what it's hitting. But they know you're not at the place to receive it because you're in your 20s. When you start to get to your 30s, folks be like, when that when that little light bulb going to kick in? Because they're doing a lot. Like, when is it going to kick in? But by the time you hit 40 and you're just like that, you are going to end up like that. I remember a woman in my church, and this is no disrespect. I mean, I'm sure those who went to my church are fully aware which person. Well, there's several of them, but a few of them that this could apply to. But the woman was so honorary. 
so her spirit was so extra she ain't never really have nothing nice to say she ain't never really have nothing nice to, you know she just she just always was in whatever she was going through and listen i couldn't imagine the things that she might have seen the things that she might have been in so obviously i've always in the back of my mind extended some grace to that because you know when you get to those t types of places you don't come off the batch wanting to be negative you don't want to come off the batch just wanting to be whatever but you still have to admit is you right and so she just was always, and from what I know, she's still that way, right? And so you can't use the excuse that this is just who I am. Yes, that's just who you are. That's who you've accepted. And that's who you have become. You got to own it. Instead of making it seem as if there was some type of um, personality click that just all of a sudden clicked for you, that this is just the way that you were supposed to be because you didn't have to be that way. It's a choice. We make choices every single day about how we choose to walk in this light, how we choose to show up. And when you decide to show up as your most negative, as your most ornery, as your most whatever, it's a choice, right? And so I no longer accept that this is just who I am. When I have friends who are still dwelling in that negativity, it's not my job to change them. And I don't preach to them. I don't give them, girl, you need to change. This is just you. I don't do none of that because they grown just like I'm grown, right? They put their pants on just like I put my pants on. They do what they need to do just like I need to do for myself. It's not my job to to cater to them. I, You know, you tell them a few times, you try to bring it up to them. You try to withdraw a little bit. You go back in, you try to talk to them or deal with them. But at, at some point, this is a personal journey, right? And I no longer make it my responsibility to, to, um, carry them to the extent where I can't carry me and carry them. So again, people have personal journeys that they have to go to. But for me at this point, I cannot be around that for too long. Like, first of all, I can't be around it at all. Like it literally irks my spirit. Every time I am with these certain people, it literally drains my whole spirit. And so I ain't always around them. Matter of fact, I can almost guarantee you there's very limited times that I'm around that type of personality because I don't have the energy for it and I don't care what form it comes in. Um, I'm no longer making excuses for that. I don't care if it's from a family member all the way down to a friend. I do not care and I'm not going to tolerate it. Um, I don't want to be around it. It's not my thing. I don't subscribe to that. And I have a ch I have a choice, right? I have a choice to love. I have a choice to still treat you the same way that I would treat anyone else with the dignity and respect. I don't have to stay in an environment by which it's going to drain me because you can always tell when your friendship has really taken a turn or your loved ones have really taken a turn when you have no more desire to still dwell in these atmospheres just for the sake of uh, relationship. There's not a relationship that I'm willing to keep that is that negative and draining that I'm just going to hold on to them. It's just not. I'm sorry. If I can walk away from full family members, I can truly walk away from friends. I'm talking about I don't care how many years we've been because I just don't have the energy for it. And um, there's a few that I still like, again, I'm around, but we ain't around. So it's like, you know, they, people got their own journeys to go through. I just, I, I'm just not into it. You know, when I'm around friends, I want to have a good time. I don't want to talk about negative things all the time. I don't want to hear the same things 24 seven. Like I need you to have something new going on in your life. Not because you have to have something exciting, but you have to have some type of some growth going on. Like you can still not be things, um, talking about the same things from 20,000 years ago. I cannot do it. Um, and that may make me make me a bad bad friend. I'll talk to my therapist and see what what journey I had to take for that. But for me, I just know where I came from and where I'm not willing to go back. But when you realize where you've come from, you also realize the point that you put yourself into. So I take full responsibility for allowing certain friends to just kind of be around and doing the certain things. I take full responsibility for that. Um, I take full responsibility for the millions of times I've allowed family members to like tap dance all over me and just for the sake of that's just we're family. That I've taken stuff, but I'm not at that place anymore. I'm not at that place. I will get up and walk away. I remember being at a family member's house and they went left before I can even get in the door. I packed me, my kids right back up and went about my journey and kept on moving. Um, I'm just not doing it. I'm not built for that anymore. And it's because when you see better, you know better, you do better, you act better too. We got to put that other act better because we want to, we want to tend towards that. So national holidays, if you celebrate them, great. If you think they're stupid, they can be stupid, right? But for me, they were a saving grace because it allowed me to start looking at things differently and seeing light of the world and getting my life together, right? 
whatever it takes for you to become a better person, if as small as a, a calendar can be great, whatever you need to use, do that because getting better is the key. Like, why would you want to stay stagnant? Why would you want to be in the same place? This week, I do want to talk about a, a serious conversation when we talk about saying no. We're talking about interpersonal relationships between men and women. Now, before I preface this, I'm going to give the same speech most people have given when they have discussed this. Not all men fit this. Not all black men fit this. Not all Caribbean men fit this. Not all whatever title you want to fit. However, this does happen and has been increasingly happen. And I have been aware of this for quite some time. So, you know, back in the day when I was in my twenties, I have an alias. Um, her name is Natasha and I would go out and especially when I was single, single together, engaged, whatever. I had an alias. My name was Natasha. I didn't give people my real name because for why? Um, unless I felt like, oh, they may be cute. You know, I may want to talk to them or something. But outside of that, um, I gave the, the ones that I was like a joke, like the jokesters, the folks that I was just like, well, keep it moving partner, but they just wouldn't take the hit. Then my name became Natasha and Natasha would not give you her real phone number. Natasha would give you, you know, fake numbers. My cousin used to give me like those numbers where it would call and it would say like, leave a message, but it really wasn't a real message, things like that. Um, or I just would give you a fake number or I wouldn't give you my number at all. Or I would just tell you flat no to your face and keep it moving respectfully. I've never tried to be like one of those girls that would be in the club and like make a scene and make a man feel like they were trash. Like I always tried to be as gentle as I would want to be let down. Right. I, I was always aware of other people's feelings. Right. And so that was what I would do. This was back in the day. You would either hand out your number to somebody that you really wanted to have it to, or you would just be like, nah, I'm good. Or you would use the famous excuse that most women will say is that they have a boyfriend or in this day, you may have a girlfriend and you go about your way. And most men would say, well, you know, I would get the few that would be like, well, you know, what does that have to do with me? Your boyfriend ain't me. Your husband ain't me. Your man ain't me. And they would try to plead their case as to why you should be disrespectful to the part if you did have one for real and give them a chance, which I never understood that concept because if I was willing to do that to you, wouldn't I do that on you? But men don't gather that. They just, they, you know, they want to put their, put their chest out and try to get what they can get. And so be it. However, you could do that back in the day. And today's day, if you don't give a man your number, you could be killed or harmed. And that's what happened this week. A young lady was hit in the face with a brick because when the man allegedly asked her for her number and she declined, there was conversation back and forth and he hit her with a brick on the side of her face. Can you imagine... Like even the the women who just like, there's some women who just love to argue, right? You get them into an argument, they're rah-rah and telling you stuff. And in some people who have seen on TikTok and other social media say, this woman was egging him on saying things like, well, hit me, well, hit me. And 100%, ladies, ladies, I'm gonna tell you something my mother told me and maybe this will help you. This will help you tell your daughters. But this is one thing that you gotta understand. First and foremost, men or women should not put their hands on each other. So if you swing as a female to a dude because you just wanna swing because you think that that girly power is going to save you and girly power means that I'm gonna swing and hit this man and this man isn't gonna hit me. Um, don't hit nobody that you ain't willing to square up for real. I mean that, like, don't put your hands on anyone, female, male, in between, transgender, don't hit anyone that you're not ready to square up. My mother said, don't swing on nobody that you ain't really about it because people are not made to turn the other cheek like the Bible did, told, told us to do, right? They, they're not going to do that. So that's first of all. Secondly, um, stop engaging yourself in conversations with people, kind of remove yourself away from people. Now, does that excuse what happened? No, she may have been engaging him, um, this dude back and forth, but that doesn't excuse the fact that this man was so tied up in his chest about this woman getting on his nerves or embarrassing him or, you know, whatever the case may have been. And he picked up a brick, like an, like a brick, like a brick that's supposed to be stable enough to keep your house or your, whatever, um, you've put together stable enough and strong to not fall, to not break, to not have anything happen to it. He picked up said brick and hit said woman in the side of her face. Take, just take a moment to think about a brick hitting you with all the force that it can be hit 
up aside your side of your face, your face. Now we all know, listen, unless you've been on, a, on, on the moon somewhere and you just landed today, um, when you hit somebody in their face, even with your hand, it is a sign of disrespect to hit someone. And most cultures, it is a sign of disrespect to hit someone in their face, right? So back in the day that hitting somebody inside their face, that means the party is on. Like, cause if you hit me in my face, square up, sis, square up, bro. We finna go on. Right. Right. So to hit someone in their face with said brick, make it make sense. The disrespect is absolutely real to hit somebody with a brick just because you felt rejected. And how many women in this time and age cannot use Natasha? They can't even pull out their alias. They can't give a fake number because some men are going to call that number on the spot and then beat your ass. <laughs> Sorry for those who are listening who don't like cuss words. Are going to beat you down because... You didn't give them the correct number. I remember being out in a media event and some guy came and I mean, he was hassling me and I mean, hassling me. I didn't have time to um, call my husband and say, oh my God, this man is hassling me because, you know, my husband is at home and I'm at a media event, but I digress. Um, there were no other men who were around me to kind of like, there were other men around me, but they, the other men who were around me weren't really fully paying attention. And so I'm in the situation where I'm being haggled. Man, I gave that man my real number and I waited all the way until I got my behind home and then I blocked that number. But I felt the need to do so. And I told my husband, listen, if I'm in a situation where I feel completely unsafe, I'm given the right number. I will block him when I get home safely. And we had that conversation. He understood because how many women are being beat? How many transgender people are getting beat for simply being themselves or whatever the case may be? Like, I need you to understand that this is real. Um, and there was a series of men who stood around while this young woman had gotten hit with a brick and did absolutely nothing. They sat there. I don't know what they did. I don't know if they laughed. I don't know if they kind of like turned their back. I don't know what they did, but I do know they did nothing. And it's sad because back in the day, I remember one time I was being robbed and this is right after college and I got robbed right in front of my mom's house. Like how ridiculous can you be to get robbed in front of your mom and them's house, right? And I was getting something out the car and I just let my brother in the house and he kind of like ran in to get something. It wasn't like I just, he left me unattended. It's not his fault. Don't y'all come for my brother because I'm telling you, I'm that, I'm that sister. Don't do it. And so we were supposed to just be a quick interchange, but somehow some guy had obviously been watching and robbed me. He didn't get away with anything. I think he got, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you what he got away is I never forgot. He got away with $12 and my biggest thing, cause that was back in the day, I'm showing my age. I had a Blackberry that I just got. And I was like, sweet Jesus, don't that man catch my Blackberry. But what I did was I saw it flip out of my purse and I slid it underneath my car. So he didn't even see it. Just got, you know, when you, I guess when you're robbing people, you ain't got your good mind anyway. But anyway, when I started to yell, I knew not to say um, things like rape or anything, but I started to yell fire and my neighbors rushed out the door and went to try to get him. I don't think they caught him or whatever the case may be. Now he ended up getting caught later on, blah, 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 blah. But Again, men coming to the rescue, like the women didn't come out hollering and coming to get me. The men came out back in the day. Men used to stand up for women um, to some degree. And now you can sit around and watch something like that happen and just stand there and do nothing. Now, some people will say, well, she I ain't saying she deserved it, but I'm saying she deserved it. I mean, how does somebody deserve to get hit in the brick in the face? Like, again, the, the, the fragility of not being able to take a rejection is, is wild and boggling to me. Um, and so I hope that that young lady gets healed because God forbid I get hit in a brick. I mean, her face was towed up. I've seen the video. I said, my God, I mean, they literally, he tore her up. So all I'm saying is, I don't know what level of man needs to stand up. I don't know what level of social responsibility we have to get back to, but this is not okay. And, um, I don't understand and it makes no sense to me, but I digress as we get back into the flow of the episode. We do have a guest today. I can't wait. We have Kurt Johnson. He is a law of attraction master and a twin flame coach 
on a mission to reshape lives through a holistic approach. He stands apart from conventional online spiritual figures by steering clear of spiritual bypassing, guiding individuals beyond mere manifestation techniques. He acknowledged that change comes from within and respects each individual's readiness to embark on their unique journey and rediscover their true selves. Kurt offers an unconventional perspective, bridging the gap between science and spirituality. Kurt is on a mission to merge the realms of science and spirituality, drawing from his personal encounters with the unseen. Today's conversation may be considered deep. It's a deep conversation about manifestation. I do still believe there's things that you can get out of this conversation. And for those who want to know more, because there are so many people who are just like, I want to know more. I thrive for more. I have a thirst for more. I want you to stay tuned to the end of the conversation because, um, and also check our show notes because we are going to have some valuable resources. And if you listen, you'll see what I mean. Um, there's a code that will be given and you can only get that from listening to the podcast and getting into the show notes. So go ahead and go to that because I want you to become an all-star. And if you want to become a world all-star and you know what that means when you listen to the podcast, um, as you continue, I should say, listen to the podcast, you will get that. Um, so yes, I want you to tune into this podcast for this week and we will be back. All right, Toy Time or Conversations with Toy Family. I'm super excited to have you here and it's an amazing Friday. And with that being said, we have a guest. Now with all the guests that we have, I always wanna, I look at their bio and I find something that I like and that I wanna ask a question. And today is gonna be a good one for you. So if you are, have ever used the word manifestation, you're saying you're manifesting all kinds of different things. I'm gonna talk to our guest today, who is Kurt Johnson. and we're going to talk about what is manifesting. So, Kurt, first of all, thank you for being a part of the conversation and welcome. My pleasure. It's good to be here. Awesome. What is manifesting? Because a lot of people use it, but I don't think they're sure of how to use it correctly or if they're even doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the doing of it, and we can talk about that too. But if you were to ask me, what manifesting is, I would start with the science. Science has crossed that boundary between fact and fiction, and they don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a saying for that. It's magic is just science undiscovered. You know, if I took my cell phone on a time machine back to the 1790s, Okay. And I'm showing it around. And even if I'm not getting cell phone reception, it can still do a bunch of cool stuff, you know, take pictures, show video, you know, stuff like that. People are going to think it's some kind of weird magic, right? Right. Some people might even call me a witch. Hmm. Who knows? That's, now, that's interesting. What if this is all going on? All the villagers are there saying those things. But then I run into Benjamin Franklin. Now, Benjamin Franklin was a scientist And he was smart enough to look at that and go, whoa, 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 wait, guys. He's not a witch, okay? Put the rope away. (laughs) It's just some kind of futuristic technology that we haven't figured out yet. Magic is just science undiscovered. So what is manifesting? Well, the most modern example I have to give to you of that in the scientific sense is going to be something they uncovered at CERN. Now, CERN is an organization, and what they're most widely known for today is the Large Hadron Super Collider in France and Sweden. This is gigantic particle accelerator. It's so big, it crosses the border between those two countries. And what they've demonstrated is that physical matter does actually manifest out of thin air, and actually not even out of thin air, out of a vacuum. And they've proven that there is this field, the quantum field, and they used to call it ether. And you're not allowed to call it ether in the science community because that's like that's like bad form or something. It's like I was like, was it a cuss word or something? Like what's going it's, on? It's just semantics. Okay. Is all it is. You're not supposed to call it that. But they used to. They used to. And then in the 1890s, Nicholson and Morsley appeared to have disproven 
that there is ether, which is the fabric of space that light travels through, for example. Well, what really happened is they just didn't have equipment sensitive enough to detect it. It's so tenuous that you need the Large Hadron Super Collider, and they've shown that there is this field. Now, let's go back about four, four to, four to 6,000 years. I don't remember. Nobody really knows for sure how long ago it was, but somewhere around that time period, um, you've got Hermes. Now, Hermes was the master manifester who promulgated all of these spiritual laws. You can go read about hermetic philosophy. You know, if you want to go to like the Master Key Society, you can find that. And he described the universe as mental, hmm. as, as it were, like the mind of God. Like we are a three-part triune being, body, mind, soul. Well, so is God or the all is what he called it which, you know, God has a lot of dogma attached to it. But we're not talking about some guy with a beard sitting in a throne up in heaven. We're talking about the universe, yes, which is part physical. So the planets, the stars, space dust, right? And mental, just like you. You have a body and a mind. Mm -hmm. And then there's the animating essence. In your case, you are a soul beyond the body and mind. And the soul is consciousness primarily right from your perspective it's it's that i am presence well god is the same body mind soul so this fabric of space and in and, and you see they've proven that pretty well uh, einsteinian physics relativity showed that gravity is the phenomenon where you're bending space around objects really bending empty space yes there's something there and again, they used to call it ether. Now they call it the field. And they've even demonstrated that particles, physical particles, yes, <laughs> physical particles manifest in and out of this field, this ether. And you also have a new theory in light of the collapse of the wave function. I'm not expecting your audience to know what that is, but if they're <laughs> curious, right. you can... Um, just Google double slit experiment, okay. which they still can't really explain. And this was demonstrated over a hundred years ago. So you got that, you've got uh quantum entanglement, and then you've got the Higgs field. And these things are pointing inexorably to put it in the words of scientific American magazine, pointing inexorably to the theory of information realism, which states that the substrate of 3D physical reality is information. So this void, this field, <laughs> this empty space, as it were, that comprises somewhere around 75, 80% of the mass of the universe is information. And that sounds very esoteric, and it is. Because again, science and spirituality, it, it's one and the same. All they're doing is describing something Hermes was talking about a long, long time ago. And this explains why we feel like we're living in this participatory universe, because you are. We're literally a product of the mind of God. The mind of God, or the all, whatever word you want to pick, is a product of consciousness. And now you even have conventional physicists like Lothar Schaefer, for example, submitting that consciousness is fundamental and irreducible everything came from consciousness and it is this unexplainable cosmic force which the information component of our universe sprang from and thus acting as the substrate of physical reality so that's why you actually can use your body to create internal experiences to cause your 3D reality to shift. This is real. Right. We're living in a participatory universe and your physical body and your mind are literally manifesting equipment. You are hardwired into the mental universe, kind of like plugging your modem in or your cable router to the 
the the outlet on the wall. Well, you're plugging into a network. Yeah, that's your body, dude. <laughs> you're a machine. Right. So what do you have any pet peeves when you hear people say that they're manifesting, but maybe using it possibly incorrectly? I do. There is the possibility that it can be used for um wicked purposes. You can think of um your ability to manifest like the force from Star Wars. Right. <laughs> where you've got Darth Vader doing it for the wrong reasons and everybody else doing it for the right reasons. Um, now the pet peeve comes in where people doing it for the right reasons <clears throat> remain in that kind of separate state. So this is, this is where we're going to take a hard left turn into um, well, Zen spiritualism, which is to say actual spiritualism right? The core of spiritualism is that power of now, that presence. And it's non-dual. Whereas, for example, using the law of attraction for light or dark is duality, like yin right. and yang. And we're not saying that's bad. That's just what that is. However, if you want to be one of the so-called good guys, my advice to you is to go beyond duality and to leave behind separation because the fact is the nefarious ones, you know, for example, the so-called elite, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to talk about that stuff too. I mean, the name of my YouTube channel, my business, New World All-Star, is my way of thumbing my nose at the New World Order, but to even recognize that they are part of the whole, that there is no separation. And for whatever reason, the all, God, whatever you want to call that, it wants things to be that way right now. It's allowing them to be that way right now. And you look upon these people and you say to yourself, well, that's just another soul who forgot who they are. And this is hard for people to grasp because, again, it is purely spiritual. It's that conscious presence inside of you that allows you to accept. Acceptance is not approval, but it's not something that you can do. It's right. not a doing. You can't acquire it. It's a remembrance of your true nature. It's that being and i i would submit to your audience that the deeper you go there the more and more and more powerful your manifesting abilities will be and we're not giving these people a pass you don't let the vampire into your house it's okay to have boundaries it's okay to say no but your internal experience is one of peace and harmony and of acceptance of the world we live in, rather than throwing stones at the things we don't like. Okay, I feel that. That actually does make sense. Now, what's the difference between manifesting and the law of, a law of attraction? Because you did mention the law of attraction. I heard that. So that let's mm. go deeper into that. What is yeah. the difference? Well, one side of the coin you could say is just semantics. Okay. That's the easy answer. The other side of the coin is manifesting is the property of 3D reality matching you energetically or matching, I should say, something energetically because when an electron manifests out of empty space by way of the electron field and the Higgs field, it's like a magic trick. And physicists still can't explain it satisfactorily. I mean, they have that explanation. That's manifesting. That is the appearance of what it is that you're after. So for example, if you want abundance, it shows up suddenly. It appears in your 3D reality. Well, the law of attraction is the force that actually draws it to you. And there's lots of different ways of kind of explaining the same thing. It's like you could call it the law of attraction you could call it the law of vibe, or I should say, you can talk about the law of attraction. You can talk about the law of vibration, but it's kind of 
just standing in a circle and we're all kind of pointing at the same thing. It's all kind of the same phenomenon. But there are these different principles um, just as a philosophical way of breaking things down so that we can talk about them. I will give you one very interesting thing, though, as a side note to that question. Okay. They've proven that there are gravity waves. And this is one of the strange phenomenon that Albert Einstein predicted. Well, I should say his theory predicted a long time ago, like the 1920s, 30s. They got a hold of his formula and his theory, and they started making all these predictions, saying, if this is true, we should find these things. And then here it is 100 years later, we just now discovered that, yeah, there are gravity waves. That's how reliable the theory of relativity is. They made these predictions on a chalkboard 100 years ago, and we just now have the technology to actually prove them. So gravity, we think of as an attractive force, and it is. But what would you have when you have a gravity wave of attractive energy that travels out away from you? Well, that sounds like the law of attraction mm -hmm. because it's a wave. And at that point, it's like a boomerang. You, you put that attractive force, a wave, you project it out into the universe, and then it comes back to you. It's still gravity, but it travels in a wave. So that sounds paradoxical. That sounds like a contradiction, but that's really what the science is saying as far as how our physical universe functions. It's a real head scratcher for even conventional scientists. And then when you look at us as spiritual people manifesting things in our reality, yeah, that seems to be true. You are projecting wants and desires subconsciously, unconsciously. I mean, you might be getting things that you think you don't want, which means you need to look at your own stuff, right? You know how that works, mm -hmm. but it does. It comes back to you. It's an attractive force. So how can I have energy that's traveling, projecting outwardly, but at the same time, it has this weird attractive elasticity? Well, that's gravity waves. And they don't even know how that works yet. They just know that it is. They don't know why. They just know that it exists, right? Gravity waves. <laughs> now, how did you, this is interesting because you have such a thirst and knowledge for this, but how did you get into this? How did you get into learning about all of like just really diving in? Because you've, you got a lot of knowledge and how did you get involved? How did you get into this? Yeah. How did I end up here? Right. Yes. How um, did you end up here? Well, I guess, I mean, if you want the long answer, I'll give you a short way to get there. There's a playlist on my YouTube channel, new <laughs> world, all-star. And the playlist is called Kurt's spiritual autobiography or something like that. Okay. And I just, it's, I don't know, six, seven, eight videos of me explaining all the weird shit that's happened to me throughout my life. Uh, meeting physical angels multiple times, out-of-body experiences, telepathic experiences, on and on. And, um, you know, my forced spiritual awakening kicked off five and a half years ago. And it was your classical forced awakening, you know, kind of like the type that Eckhart Tolle had, where he's going nuts in bed one night, and then he wakes up the next day and he's like, oh my God, I see everything, you know, it's like that. Okay. Um, a bit more in slow motion, you know, the process uh, from beginning to end is year, a year, a couple of years. It's different for everybody. And I'm not even anywhere near Eckhart Tolle's level of consciousness, you know, maybe another 10 or 15 lifetimes from now. But <laughs> the mechanism of awakening is the same. They, they have a name for it. They call that ego death. Okay. I've got a buddy who got into trouble with the law, was put on like a cocktail of prescription medications. He wasn't telling his doctor or doctors everything that he was taking. He got a blood clot. He just had all these things happen all at once. And it drove him nuts. He lost his mind. This was almost 30 years ago and I didn't know what was happening to him. Well, now I do. There's always gonna be some triggering event, you know? And in his case, it was all of this other stuff that cropped up. In the case of Eckhart Tolle, it was um, he had like anxiety and then like his life situation was kind of going down the drain and, you know, things built up. For other people, it's a, the death of a loved one or a terminal illness or something like that that triggers 
that ego death experience. And they also call that dark night of the soul. Same thing, ego death, dark night of the soul. But it does. It's like a ripping away of your ego. And it's horrible. <laughs> it's awful. But you come out of it like the phoenix rising from the ashes and you start to have all of these weird metaphysical kundalini experiences and all of these spiritual breakthroughs where you feel like you're able to see over the top of a great mountain that you didn't even know was there before. And you can see everything so much clearly. I mean, a lot of your viewers, I'm probably articulating something they've experienced. So that's when I really got serious about this stuff. And further to your question, I've also been very much interested in science my whole life. This is one of those things where ever since my forced awakening, I've come to realize, yeah, I was set up for this. You know, I've been shown all these things and I've had all these different interests all throughout my life up to and including public speaking. That's why I'm such a motor mouth and I know how to talk so well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally... Um, <laughs> an award-winning public speaker. I, I did, I've done that since high school and science. And my first kind of quest down any kind of scientific rabbit hole was when I was about seven years old, I found out we sent people to the moon and I was like, what? I have to know how they did that. And I just absolutely engrossed myself in learning about that technology. And that led to all kinds of other byways into physics and biology and metaphysics too. That's very interesting. You know, anybody ever tells you there's no such thing as telepathy and there's absolutely no evidence. Yeah, think again. There's actually an overwhelming amount of scientific studies that have been done on the power of prayer and telepathy and ghosts and things like this. And, you know, they've been gaslighting us for 90 years about UFOs. There's no <laughs> such thing. There's no evidence. Meanwhile, it's like, well, okay, well then how do you explain all this evidence? Right. We all and now they're admitting it. They're just admitting it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, science is something that's always been a big part of my life. I, I just, I consume that information with such a thirst. And then after my awakening, that's when all the puzzle pieces really fell into a place. And I was like, oh, yeah, now I see the connections. And by the way, this is where the entire spiritual conversation is going. The whole general spiritual community is going in that direction. This is real. You guys are not crazy. These things are real. We are living in a participatory universe. And if you need to see proof of that, all you got to do is hop on Gaia TV. You know, they got the Gaia Studios about 45 minutes from my house here in Colorado. I've been there a few times too. And that's all they want to talk about is science. Look at all this evidence. You know, it's astounding how much there is. So what do you do for self-care? Like, what is your self-care routine? Do you believe in self-care? Do you have a self-care routine? What is your go-to? Well, I take kind of a pragmatic approach to that, you know, or maybe holistic is the word, but I mm -hmm. don't kid myself about the fact that I'm existing in a physical vessel. You know, there's a difference between health and wellness. Health is taking care of the body. Wellness is all the other stuff. And you don't need to do anything about your soul. You know, it's all the healing stuff is, uh, that you see in the spiritual communities. It, it's, it's fine, but it's kind of bypassy and it ignores... Um, the true spiritual component, which is the great unseen. Healing the ego does not lead to self-actualization. However, self-actualization leads to healing the ego. Very interesting. So, you know, I'm an advocate of therapy. For example, you know, I spoke to a psychologist for some time. Um, I recommend shopping around for a psychologist right? I, I went through three before I found one that was one that I liked. Um, and I don't deny the body 
either. You know, we are born into a biological body. We have these binary fixations or fixtures of the body. Um, the body needs so much sleep. You know, this is my coaching students. I hound them about the sleep, right? Make sure you get enough eight hours a night minimum. Your body likes regularity, lighten up your diet. You know, these common sense kind of things. Um, I'm an advocate for kind of tackling all, or I should say both of those, but also, and, and again, the soul, you don't need to do anything like the soul is fine. It's the only part that's not damaged and it never can be damaged. <laughs> you just have to not connect with it, but release it. You know, this is why, again, with my students, I'll tell them embrace Zen spiritualism and stick to the classics, Eckhart Tolle, Rupert Spira, Michael Singer, right? The traditional Zen teachers, Paramahansa Yogananda, that's the part that you don't need to to work on. That's the letting go part. But your mind, you can work on that all you want. You can work on the childhood issues all day long and you should. And then the body again, you know, that's the easy stuff. And work at it. Get out of bed every day and do something to improve your life in a meaningful way, even if it's a little thing. I agree with that. So where can people find more information? I know you mentioned your YouTubes. Where can they find more information regarding your journey and the things that you've come across? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So um, I've got a new Facebook group that's launching um, this week, and I'm not sure when you're going to post this um, podcast, but it's going to be a day or two from the time of this recording on Facebook called New World All-Star Creators. If you find the um, the other Facebook group, uh, it's just called New World All-Star. And that's all the Twin Flame stuff. That's all Twin Flame stuff. And by the way, to your listeners, you don't want to meet your Twin Flame. <laughs> Trust me, okay? That's That was the source of my forced awakening. It's very painful. It's not what the internet says it is. It's not soulmates. It's, it's, it's horrible. Now, it can be fine later after that stage, but it's still not going to be this big magical, like a soulmate experience. It's just not. What I tell people is it's non-duality. It's neither pleasure nor pain. And you might not even want it. So don't just don't worry about it. If you meet your twin flame, it's going to happen whether you want it to or not kind of thing. Okay. So find the New World All-Star Creators Facebook community. That's for the law of attraction. You can also join my YouTube community. You just hit the little join button and it's only 99 cents. And what happens is you only get law of attraction notifications on okay. my YouTube channel. You're not going to see any of the twin flame stuff. You don't want to get involved. Trust me. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy place to be. That whole twin flame experience. It's not what people say it is. Okay. Um, there's also Instagram. Um, I'm going to start blowing up Instagram with law of attraction teachings. And then of course, there's my website, newworldallstar.com. If you would care to work with me, uh, there's my manifest your dream life video program, the initial program, 26 hours long. You go out for about six months and start having experiences and then no additional charge, another set of seven hours of instructional videos after the first six months, and then another six months later, another set of videos. So it's, it's experience-based, okay. which is a big part of this. Mm -hmm. So that's why I structured it that way. And of course, the teachings get more and more advanced and esoteric as you're going along because I want this to work. And this is the other thing that you guys are going to find out about me. If you join my coaching program, it's not expensive and I'm a workaholic. I want you to succeed. I'm on those calls every week. There's group coaching calls. There's a Facebook community just for the paying manifesting students. And then an additional one where we focus on the Zen component because the 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 building stillness into your life and the Zen component, that's like 90% of your manifesting game. And I make that a big part of your experience as a coaching student too. And the last thing I want to say about it 
is I've even got a special offer for your listeners. If they're interested, just for the podcast listeners, this is not available to the public. 33% off when you pay in full for my coaching program. All you got to do is use coupon code ALLSTAR, A-L-L-S-T-A-R. So there's all the resources, free resources, paid resources. There you go, my friends. That's amazing. And for everyone who is listening, because you could be listening to this wherever, you know, doing whatever you're doing, we will make all of these links completely clickable. That way you don't have to worry about if you missed it, try to remember it, write it down. We got you. Just click on the, the show link and we will make sure that that is available. And just remember the coupon code because I got it. I want to make it sure they take advantage of that, man. And I will put that in the show notes so you don't Absolutely. miss Absolutely. So, Kurt, I'm thank you so that. much. I'm grateful. Thank you for being with us and um, having a good conversation. Um, I'm hoping that people are going to connect because I know there's somebody who needs this. And again, we can't thank you enough for being a part of the conversation. I had a good time doing it. <laughs> thank you. All right. What did you think about today's podcast. Hopefully you received something that resonated with you um, from Kurt's conversation, becoming a world all-star, learning more about manifestation, going deeper into that conversation that is going to hopefully enlighten you and take you to the path that you would like to be on. Hopefully something in the conversation that I've had with you regarding, you know, self-checking yourself. I don't know if you know, but September is self-improvement month. And, you know, we all have some area by which we have to improve. Like I said, I have done and continuously am doing the work to become a better version of myself. Sometimes that means that I gravitate towards people. And sometimes that means I withdraw from certain people because as I grow, it's not that I cut people off. It's not that I've gotten too cute. It's not that I've gotten too big that I don't want to be around certain people. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a personal growth about being around people who, again, who inspire, who spark inspiration in your life. Like when you're around them, you genuinely smile and you're excited and happy instead of feeling drained because the persons or persons you're around, the person or persons that you are around are degrading. They're always telling you something that you're not. They're making you feel little. They're, you know, or they're just so negative that it's just debilitating. I mean, I don't know any other way to describe it, but you should be a spark in somebody's life instead of a disgust in somebody's life until they have to take a deep breath to be around you or they have to take a deep breath because they know how you're going to, cause you know, that's just how you are, how you're going to show up. Um, and you have to take personal accountability for that. I mean, I'm just, <coughs> excuse me for that. I'm sorry that you feel that the world, um, should just accept you and you should be accepted. You should be accepted the way that you are. But when you come as you are, you have to also be willing to accept that people are going to receive you in the place that you are. And sometimes that receiving is good and sometimes that receiving is bad. I have accepted it. Some people still have not chosen to be around me. May not, I mean, I don't know who they are, but they may not want to be around me. They may not like me. They may not want to um, be in my presence and in my, in my, you know, be around my spirit, whatever the case may be, that's fine. But as long as you're doing the work and you're becoming better than who you need to be. And again, when people say certain things about you, take stock, listen to what they're saying, listen to it, hear it. Receive the messaging, check your real spirit and see if this truly is something that you're dealing with. Because again, if you're struggling to have interpersonal relationships with other people in almost every area of your life, there is something there. I promise you there's something there, whether you want to receive it or not, whether you want to be open and honest about that or not, there is something there. On Monday is September the 11th. We all know there's not anyone. Again, I keep saying this. I'm probably going to keep saying this unless you got off the moon and had been in the moon this entire time and just landed today. I'm sure you can see from the moon what has been going on when it comes to September 11th. It is a sombering day. There have been lives that have been forever changed since that day. Some people have lost their lives. Some people have lost relationships. And let me just explain that. There have been people who jumped relationships during that time because for whatever reason, they've gravitated towards another relationship just regarding September 11th. Like some firefighters who left their families and went to the families of the people who they rescued because they felt a deep bond. Like this is a real life thing that has been happening during this time. Regardless of what has taken place, the world has never, at least our world has never been the same since we were attacked that day. You can call it whatever you would like to call it, but it was an attack. It was an attack to take lives and it was successful in taking lives. It was successful. 
unfortunately, and taking lives that day. Folks who went to work, who were minding their business, people who were walking the streets of New York like they normally would, minding the business that pays them, and doing the things that most people would do. And they ended up losing their lives. The country felt unsafe. We weren't able to fly. We haven't flown the same since then. You know, we haven't flown the same since then. The way that we move and the way that we look at things and the way that we do things have always changed from that moment. September 11th is a big day. I actually was pregnant with my son during September 11th, at least the anniversary, I should say, not during September 11th, but during the anniversary of September 11th. And my son was born on September the 12th. And I prayed. I literally prayed that he would come out on the 12th because I knew how heavy the day of September 11th was. And I'm grateful that that was the case. But outside of that, I want to say to those who are still struggling so many years later are struggling with the way that their lives have changed since that day. My heart goes completely to you, to those who are surviving, members of those family members who have never been the same, lost a mother, lost a father, lost a child, whatever the case may have been, I am sending my great love towards you right now, that your day will get a little bit brighter because I can't imagine the darkness that you felt that day and that day since. So make sure that you pay tribute to September 11th on September 11th, please. Um, there should not be one person, not one American. There should not be that what was me when my family ain't none of my business. That it's not the thing. And again, if you feel that way, you might want to listen, go back and listen to part one of this podcast because that 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 may shed a light on where you at. Because nobody should have that much in, um, lack of sympathy that you say things like oh, I ain't me, I ain't worried about that. Listen to part one. There, there's some there's some there's some some tidbits of wisdom for you. You may want to go back and listen to. Next week, we have a guest as well, I do believe. And I'm grateful. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Take Thank you for taking the time to listen and tuning in. I appreciate you. I love you for that. Make sure that you go back and listen to Kurt. Follow him on YouTube. Follow him on Facebook. Follow him on Instagram. And um, yes, I appreciate it. So thank you for tuning in. This has been Conversations with Toy, and we will see you next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.